Well, that was satisfying. Well, that wasn't satisfying at all. Today on... We're starting a sex-themed podcast, right? Yeah, it's totally. <laughs> Press B for sex. <laughs> that is what B stands for. Happy ending. Happy ending. Happy ending. Yeah. <laughs> Press B for backdoor. Yep. Oh, snap. Okay. I'll be pressing B later on. <laughs> Everybody, hello and welcome back to Press B to Cancel, the show where the points are made up and the stakes don't matter, or whatever they say. I love Drew Carey. That's all that matters. Um, today I have with me the full roster of the Press Speed Cancel squad. Sick Jake, how you doing? Doing great, man. Always glad to be here. Wonderful. As well as my good friend, Werewolf. Say what's up. What's up? Nice. Or I, I could take it back a little bit. What's up? <laughs> that is a deep cut from the <laughs> 1990s. Bye, Retro. By retro. <laughs> so for anybody who couldn't discern what we're talking about today from the intro, uh, we are discussing the best and worst video game endings of all time. So um, I think we each have ours already picked out, as well as a couple of honorable mentions. So state it like it is a fact, and then let us discuss it as if it is an opinion. Um, who would like to start off? Well, if we want to do worst endings or, or favorite endings? Yeah, let's let's cycle through. Mm, I don't know. You know what? I think we're gonna have less to say about the bad ending. So let's start there. Start with the bad, end with the good. I like it. Or we could end with the questionable. Let's do that. Uh, so how about this? Werewolf, start us off. What game had the shittiest ending in your opinion? <sighs> Halo Two. <laughs> Now, I don't know if you guys have played the Halo games, specifically Halo 2. I got Halo, I got an Xbox and Halo 1 a few months before Halo 2 came out. Uh, in all the excitement for Halo 2, I was doing Halo nights with some friends at work and things like that. So I picked up the, the special edition one. Loved the game. Was super hyped for Halo 2. Got Halo 2. Burned my way through it real quick. Probably two, three days tops. And that ending, you 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 get to a point where there's a big story dump at the end, and Master Chief hops on a ship that uh slips uh jumps into a slip space, makes a slip space jump, and winds up on Earth. He's got he's getting he's now getting radio transmissions from Earth that are like, oh, that's a done uh, we don't recognize that ship, take it out. And he intercept. He responds saying, "It's me, Master Chief." And they're like, "Oh gosh, what are you doing here?" And he's like, "Finishing this fight." <laughs> and then it rolls the credits. What's wrong with that? <laughs> you didn't finish shit. They make you feel like you've got at least one more mission in the game, and they cut it. Now is that because of development costs or something, or is that just how they plan the story? Do you think? I think that's how they planned it because Halo 3 picks up right there. They probably, what year did Halo 2 come out? My guess is there were a number of remember. movies 
that were being filmed back to back, a la, you know, Lord of the Rings. You know, film it all at once and then we'll cut it into two separate movies. And they probably said, let's do that, but tie it into video games. Now, again, that's purely speculation. But how many hours did you have sunk into Halo 2 when that happened? That's hard to say just because I burned through the game really quick. And I think I also played a fair amount of multiplayer. So I can't say that the game was crap because it's probably my favorite Halo Mm -hmm. in terms of multiplayer. And, uh, you know, if you have both Halo 2 and Halo 3 that you can just jump right into Halo 3, it's not so bad. But when Halo 2 is brand new and you go and play it and you get that ending and it leaves you just completely hanging, there is zero closure from that ending in my opinion. Yeah, and I would wager, I don't know what Jake's uh, worst pick is going to be, but I would wager that part of the story behind why these are considered so bad not just for us, but for anybody listening out there, if you have a game in your mind that has a shitty ending, I would wager that there's a story to it as to why it's so bad other than just objectively bad, like whether you had some sort of emotional stake into it. You know, like you just said, this is one of your favorite of the Halo entries, at least for multiplayer. You know, maybe that's that's part of what it is, is it, you know, it was so good and then it shit on the fans by doing that. Yeah, I, I loved the story right. as it the whole thing unfolded. It threw curveballs at the time, and it was exciting and lots of fun and revealed a bigger bad than what you thought was the big bad in the first mm-hmm. game. All these kinds of things. And then you get yeah, that. I, I feel like from your description, <laughs> if The Force Awakens had gone on for another 30 seconds, that's what this game equivalent ending would have been. Because, you know, The Force Awakens ends and Ray is handing the, the lightsaber to to Luke and everybody is leaving the theater with that sense of like, Oh shit, this next thing is going to be great. And then episode eight comes out, poops on everybody by having, you know, the, the film start off where it left off, but he throws the lightsaber over his shoulder. Like he doesn't care. And if they had used that for the ending, that's what Halo two would have been. Is that accurate? Yeah. Cause so you, when you beat the last level, master chief jumps on a ship, you see a little, sort of cutscene rendering kind of deal where he jumps off into slip space and then you get an unrelated cutscene with characters who are somewhere else on the Halo ring and it does all their things. And then after all that, it goes back to Master Chief, shows him arrive at Earth and then you're left hanging. So they could have just left it without showing that part and had that be the opener for Halo 3. And I think it would have been a better experience. Maybe that was their way of, of saying, like, there will be another. You know how, like, Marvel did that, where they introduce a character, and then they'll be like, you know, Iron Man will return in Iron Man 2 or whatever. Uh, maybe that's where it, their way of not doing a post credit stinger, but letting you know, hey, stay tuned. More stuff is coming. I don't know. I'm trying to make an argument for it now. Yeah. I'm sure that's what it was, but it was another three years before we got what happens next. (laughs) So Halo 2 came out in 2004, and then Halo 3 came out in 2007. So there's quite a wait to find out what's next, what's going on, especially at the time where I was just 
I was devouring Halo. You know what I mean? Jake, what do you think? I was just looking at when I was looking for the dates of when Halo 2 came out, I came across uh, an interview that IGN did in 2016 with one of the developers. And he says, uh, according to O'Donnell, the original ending of Halo 2 had a much cleaner resolution, ending with the Master Chief finding the Ark of the Covenant on Earth, then working with the Arbiter, then known as the Dervish, to stop the Prophet of Truth. So the ending was you and the Dervish chasing the Prophet of Truth through the Ark, having a grand and glorious conclusion on Earth, Earth, finishing the fight right there. So they had recorded the full ending with the actors prior to rewrites. So again, they, they, he said they're disappointed, but they had to throw that, the ending out. Uh, it was out of necessity. They just couldn't finish the ending. They just couldn't finish the end of the game, it sounds like. It was just impossible. So everything got rejiggered, and we had the cliffhanger to end all cliffhangers. So it sounds like they had a plan for a proper conclusion, which would have been probably decent. But I guess for whatever reason, they had to throw out the window. So that's that sucks <laughs> when a game is cut short like that. Seriously. Um, there is a legendary ending for Halo 2. I was just reading. I have not seen that one. I- I'm assuming it's still a cliffhanger, but it's probably more like, you know, fluff piece at the end or an ending scene. I don't know if you've seen that or not. I believe I have. I honestly don't recall too much about it. It it doesn't change yeah. much. I know that. But that is disappointing because Halo... Is such no is known for such lore like the story in Halo. I'm even interested in, and I've never I've only played a handful of three, and I I'm interested in the lore. So to know that the second game kind of ends like that, that kind of sucks. Yeah. So the the legendary ending, I have seen that. It shows Cortana interacting with the. I think his name was Hive Mind. Okay. Who controls the flood? So that's the legendary ending is Cortana and Hivemind having a bit of a conversation and you get a glimpse okay. of that conversation and then it cuts to black. A little again. bit of fluff, but yeah, not much there. I, I guess now with the Master Chief Collection being on PC and fairly decent, I think, I think they patched all the bugs out of it now. So now if you really want to, you could play Halos 1, 2, and 3 back to back and, and get that full story and not have to wait years after Cliffhanger. Yeah, I mean, Halo 1, 2, and 3 really do... Like, 3 really resolves the arc of the trilogy really well. ODST, on the whole, just gives you more insight as to what's going on during Halo 3, but not as Master Chief. And then Halo Reach gives you an idea of what's going on just before Halo 1 starts. Halo 1 picks up right where Reach ends. Yeah, Reach is a prequel, right? Yeah. They're all very, and Reach kind of didn't have a great ending, honestly. Uh, spoilers, everybody dies. <laughs> like Rogue you, One. <laughs> you've got a team of like five or six Spartans. They all die. So... <laughs> well, they're not in the sequel games. That's like Rogue One was the same thing, right? You know they're all going to die because they're not in the rest of the Star Wars movies. It's a prequel. Yeah, and but you know what? In in Halo Reach, they handled it really well. You actually get to fight oh, until okay. you can't fight anymore. They put you in a at the tail end of the game. You're left in a fight that you can't win, and it just gradually gets harder and harder with more and more enemies as you're running out of ammo and health. Once all that's done, you get to see, and I don't remember if that's before or after the the actual story bit ending. But the story ending sees the Pillar of Autumn take off 
with Master Chief on board, headed for uh, the Covenant. It's <laughs> that one. Even though everybody dies, I still felt like it was a better ending. Than <laughs> yeah, happy Hero ending does not mean better ending <laughs> in terms of yeah entertainment. Right. That's. What's a Spartan? I'm not saying that I don't know Halo, but I don't know. I'm, I'm kidding, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Master Chief, Master Chief is a Spartan. They're super soldiers. No, uh, yeah, that much Halo. I'm familiar with. Now, I I never played Halo, but my brother was all about it, so I loved watching him play. Yeah, it's it's got a good enough story and interesting enough gameplay that it's an easy series mm-hmm. to watch for the most part. Yeah, it's they they put a lot of thought into the world building for that, and I'm. Jake mentioned that they ran out of time and had to cut the ending. I wonder if that's because they blew a lot of their development time making the oh, demo for E3 yeah. one year and had to cut it, like had to kill everything and start from scratch. Yeah, that's the thing with E3 demos is I didn't realize that until recently, but especially earlier on in in games industry, they would not just like carve out a section of an existing game they would often make the demo from scratch or using assets they've cobbled together to make a demo and it's it's no way represents the final game like i found i find that just awful <laughs> like that's how they're gonna do it so yeah maybe because aliens clonal marines did that where it's just like the, the demo right. wasn't even in the final game if i remember right it just they had to like take dev time away to make this thing for showing off at e3 yeah i think that was the case with halo 2 the demo level that they showed for E3 was not in Halo at all. Well, I liked it. I, I, it sounds like, even though I'm not as familiar, that that is absolutely a great choice for worst ending ever. Not only was it a dickish move, it was something that was kind of cobbled together and rethrown in there since they couldn't do their original design. Um, for anybody out there listening, I, I really want to try to engage in you know like conversation about this on our Discord. So join us on the Discord if you're not already, but go to the newest episode discussion section and let us know your thoughts. Was Halo 2 the worst or just really bad? Or did some of you think that's a great way to end a game? Like, Tell us all your opinions because you're hearing all of ours. Or just, do you even like cliffhanger endings, yeah. period? Like personally, whenever there's a cliffhanger ending, whether it's a game or a TV show, like the Star Trek cliffhangers at the end of a season, I hate those. Mm-hmm. I absolutely sure. can't stand cliffhangers. They do not hype me up. They just piss me <laughs> off. Yes, I'm the same way. I have a, a soft rule with TV shows that if it's known to have cliffhanger endings between seasons, episodes maybe I can handle. But if I'm ending a show and then I've got to wait four more like months for the next season, I can't do it. I have yeah. to wait and then binge it when it comes out because my personality type is just not cut out for that. Video games... I might be able to make a, an exemption for it, but I, I doubt it, really, because the wait time for those are so much longer. So Years. put me in the yeah. in the please no. Yeah. So did you watch Lost as it aired, or did you watch it on Netflix? No, Lost is the reason um, that I came up with this. Now, I watched it on DVD. Okay, I didn't watch <laughs> it live, but um, I okay. rented the, the DVDs from Hastings back in the day when Hastings existed. You know, the show had been out for a while, but the final season had just come out. So I think a lot of people were doing this and the DVDs were hard to come by. Okay. So I had to wait. I would binge and then I would return and then just wait every day until somebody brought one back. And that's kind of when I was like, well, thank God I didn't do this when it was new. I I don't always make a lot of time for television, but uh, back then I sure the fuck did. 
And uh, yeah, I, that's that's where that came from for me is I, I can't do it. I got into other shows, you know, The Mentalist and all these various things that would have that's these fair. weekly, you know, episodic arcs that would not always be clean conclusions. But if I had to wait a week, whatever. But then uh, in between seasons, no, fuck that. I can't do it. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, a bad one, <laughs> but a good choice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, shall we get into yeah, Jake's? Let me hear, let me hear uh, okay, Jake's. so I love this topic for an episode, and it had me thinking of, of you know, how important is an ending to games and how that's kind of changed over the console generations? Because I, I kept thinking, like, the Nintendo, some of the early Nintendo games, the black box ones especially, there's generally no ending. A lot of those just go on forever and they repeat. So does that count as a bad ending? Or just the fact that there's no ending at all? Kind of disqualifies it. But then I remember there's a game that falls to all hard in arcades and is brought to the NES, and that's Ghouls and Goblins. I have to make sure I say the right one because I, I confuse the two all the time. But Ghouls and Goblins for the NES. And just like the arcade, it's an incredibly difficult game to play through. Really difficult. I <laughs> I never made it to the end, uh, but I've watched enough streamers and I've watched enough YouTube videos to see people play it. And it's the same thing when they've done it blind and they've never played it before and they get to the end boss and they kill it. And the screen that flashes up on the screen, and I'm going to read it now, it says, this room is an illusion and is a trap. The visit by Satan, I'm assuming devised, but they spelled it wrong. Devised by Satan, go ahead dauntlessly, make rapid progress. And then it loops you back to stage one. No, no credits, (laughs) just straight loop to stage one. Where if you somehow manage to beat it on loop two, which is a whole lot harder, I'll add, only then when you beat it a second time, do you actually get an ending. And the ending is just, you get the princess, you save the girl, of course. And this is where the congratulation, obviously the spelling mistakes are legendary in this game. The story is happy end. Thank you. Being the wise and courageous knight that you are, you feel strength, willing, welling no, in not your strength. body. Strongth. Strongth. You feel strength welling, welling in your body. <laughs> Return to your starting point and challenge again. But then you get credits, if I'm not wrong, at the second loop. <laughs> but like how how much of a slap in the face is that? That you beat a game that's so ridiculously insanely hard, you get one screen and it makes you do it all over again. And like this series, this is what they're known for. They all do it. Like Super's Ghouls and Ghosts, same thing. Loop 2 to get the real ending. Oh, there's a different boss at least. Uh, Ghouls and Ghosts Resurrection, the game that just came out, which is kind of like a soft reboot of this series. Same thing. Loop 2, <laughs> different boss. Right? How would they get away with this slapping the face of people who play their freaking games? I do not get it. But I think this is one of the worst games or worst endings I've seen in a game. Just for the sure insulting. Not even end credits. I mean, Sonic will even give you end credits, if not the proper ending, usually. <laughs> that does suck. That's a dick punch. It's just like yeah. Halo 2. It's a dick punch, right? Yeah. It's a false ending. Not that the actual ending is much better. Yeah, Yeah. even the real right. ending is like, just, just do another loop. <laughs> it's also bad. <laughs> yeah, you'll have fun, we promise. <laughs> yeah, the poor translation, the lack of cinematic, just, just nothing. Like... It, well, I don't need much from a Nintendo game for an ending. I really don't. Like, even Mario 1, the, the ending is not all that great. But at least you find the princess. <laughs> at least you get something, right? But this, right. I don't know, man. Well, okay. 
I'm trying to think of a good analogy here. You guys know I'm a metaphor guy. I like to play car games with my son. When we're in the car together, we'll play I Spy. My son is five, and he doesn't like me guessing things. So he will say, no, that's not what I spy. And then I'll be like, okay, I give up after 40 minutes. What do you spy? And he'll say, like, one of the first things I guess. And I kind of feel like this is that same kind of thing. Where uh, I love the lad, so it's 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 okay. And the mispronunciation, the 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 you know poor translation at the end of the game, is kind of the saving grace that makes it okay. Because it's like, well, he's not good with words. Let's just let it pass. We'll do it again. Sorry, little fella. And then you know, did that metaphor fall flat? I feel like I know what I'm talking about. You could say that's a bad ending to a metaphor. No, no. Okay, <laughs> no, let me I, try I one more time. Kid. I get what you were saying. <laughs> right, no, it's like, okay, if that were, you know, if they had said congla- uh, congratulations, <laughs> I almost went Ghostbusters there, congratulations. No, theirs was congratulations. Right, but Ghostbusters was, con- yeah, yeah, you're right, okay. But if they had gotten all the words correctly, and they're like, hey, here's the rug out from under you, do it again, I would have been mad. But when they when they do it, you know, incorrectly then it's kind of like well they're doing their best i guess i should too and then then you go all eye of the tiger and beat it again i don't know again i'm devil's advocate here trying to make it work uh it's an arcade game so i kind of get it they were just it was designed to extend the gameplay more and more as much as they could so the game just gets harder and harder with each loop so i i get it but it was it's it's this weird point between what we know of as modern games and what we think of as you know the the endless kill screen arcade games like Pac-Man, Centipede, things like that where the game just kind of dies after a while or you just right. can't beat it cuz it gets too hard. So it's it's somewhere in the middle of the two and it <laughs> it's it's almost frustrating on both sides. It's odd to me because like games like Centipede or Asteroids or Space Invaders, I never expected anything from those games, right? It's the same gameplay loop again and again. So that makes sense not to have an ending there. But Ghosts and Goblins, like it feels like you're progressing through the different stages, different environments. So it feels like a story. There's a narrative, even if there isn't much dialogue or anything. But for that to not have an ending, a conclusion, after you, you beat it, forcing you to replay it again to get... The main ending? I don't know. I, I think that sucks. At least give you the princess, but maybe instead of happily ever after, she divorces you or something. But the fact that you don't get her at all, you don't save her at all, and and it's a illusion to visit by Satan, as it says, mm. is, is, is a low blow. So let, let me ask you this. Take out the first false ending. Play the game through once with the regular actual ending. Is that game then redeemed? Does that make it a good game? No. Like, okay. <laughs> no, but question. it wouldn't what, be the what worst makes ending. It the worst list. of all time. Yeah. Okay, it wouldn't be the worst. It would be slightly redeemed. It would be a, you know, medium pile of, of flaming garbage instead of the giant dumpster heap. Yeah, forget about it. I can kind of get game. behind that because I didn't play much Ghouls and Ghosts or Ghosts and Goblins when I was younger. I played them a little bit, but they were too hard, so I walked away from them pretty quick. 
as a teenager, I got Super Ghouls and Ghosts on the SNES. And at one point, I actually sat and I was like, I'm going to beat this game. And I did. I played through it. I beat it the one loop. And I got the false ending in that. And I was pissed. And I stopped playing. <laughs> I was just done with it. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it does feel like a slap in the face to get the false ending. And have to beat it a second time even harder when the first time was already one hell of a struggle. Right. To get the real ending that is, again, only going to be like a paragraph. Right. Yeah, it's a pat on the back. Yeah. Which, I don't know. I'm going to save my words for a few minutes, but it's a it's a dick punch. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like... Again, with metaphors, you uh, you shoot the game-winning shot, right? And you're doing it just to impress your old man, because he was never really around. But he's at this game, and you shoot the game-winning shot. Whole town erupts, goes crazy. Everybody rushes the floor, hoisting you on their shoulders. And then your dad comes up to you and says, good job, and then calls you by your brother's name. <laughs> right? That's a metaphor. <laughs> it, you, you feel good. You feel good because you did the thing. But the motivation behind beating the thing uh, was not as satisfying as, as you had hoped. Oh, God. Yeah, that's it. When the yeah. task is more rewarding than the reward. <laughs> yeah. When dad doesn't even look up from his newspaper, just says, good job, and gets your name wrong. That's totally it. Yeah. And I want to give a quick shout out to, uh, to my family to let them know I remember everything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Like I ever won a game-winning shot at anything. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. This, this is therapy for another time. All right, GP, what about yours? What's your worst ending? Okay, so there's, there's so many that could have happened. And just like yours, just like Jake's, mine was a, a dick punch because there's more to the story than just that ending sucks. It is an obviously shitty ending, but the story behind it elevates the shittiness to, to another level. And for me, that game is LJN's Jaws for the Nintendo. So here's why. For anybody who's not seen the ending, no, I won't tell you the ending yet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you guys a microcosm <laughs> example of, of what my life was like leading up to this. I have an older brother, great at sports, decent at video games, and uh, growing up, if I couldn't beat a game, he would be the one to beat it for me, and then we would celebrate together in, in that victory. Except for Jaws. Jaws destroyed my brother. That giant fucking shark ate my brother <laughs> so many times. I was already terrified of the ocean. Uh, you know, and I just thought that's how it is. There's crabs, there's conch shells. You can kill jellyfish with a harpoon or a bowling ball thrown from an airplane. Uh, you know, it's a sensical game. But then every now and then you have these human-sized sharks, and then you have this giant Jaws shark that scared the bejesus out of me, and it, my brother couldn't do it. It was like the one game he could not beat. It was not until I was a full-grown adult when I started collecting video games again in my 20s that I came across this game, played it, struggled with it still because I think I had a mental block on it, and then finally, I killed Jaws. Well, I, I beat Jaws. And then, what I didn't know, there's a whole other second area of the Jaws fight where it's just one-on-one. -on -one. He's coming at you, swimming left to right. 
and you've got to make him jump out of the water, stab him to death with the end of your boat, as you do, <laughs> yeah, and then you get the ending. And that ending, the reason I've drawn it out and I'm waiting till just now, which I'm still drawing out before I tell you, is because I want you to know what I felt. What is this ending? What is the ending? What's the ending? It's a helicopter flying off into the sunset. The end. <laughs> That's it. Fuck you. Turn off the game. Yeah, you get a plane that wings left across the screen, wings yeah. right across the screen. It goes sunset, and then you get the end in the bottom right. That is that is all of it. That is 20 years of trying to kill the shark that killed my brother at least a thousand times. And um, oh. I understand that they're not going to go back and recreate the ending of the video game for me to get my, my justice. Has my brother been properly avenged? Yes. Can I now beat the game in under like eight minutes? Sure. <laughs> Do I make it a point whenever I beat the game to hit reset or turn the game off before I see that fucking helicopter? <laughs> fuck yes, I do. Okay, because fuck you, helicopter. And that's the worst ending of all time. Where the game is far too intense and grindy to justify a six-second ending. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I feel like there's a metaphor here, but it's going to involve guys trying too hard at a club and then letting down a woman <laughs> later on. So never mind. There's nothing in that game that lasts six seconds. Everything is like one minute, two minutes, five minutes. But That's true. Hey, except maybe getting from one random encounter to the next might be less than six seconds. But uh, other than that, it's yeah. the ending is just... <laughs> For everything that takes so long, the ending is the quickest thing ever. Yeah. It's no, that's you, it's a race to hit the reset button for you then. It is. <laughs> and if you're trying to speed run it, the minute you see the bonus game pop up, you just hit reset. Because, yeah, that takes way too long. But for a game that is A by LJN, I know most people have an anti-LJN rule, and I understand that. This, I feel, was one of the, the better games from them. The, yeah. uh, the gameplay is fun, though basic. The um, the sound effects make sense. They sound good. They're identifiable. The hits are hits. The misses are misses. Um, the the character designs are cool. Jaws is as scary as he needs to be. Uh, the 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 soundtrack oddly catchy and again memorable. But for the difficulty level, like you said, it, it's more intense than it needs to be. I, it's just it fell so flat. And again, I had twenty years built up into this game. And again, the task of beating it was more rewarding than, you know, the ending. For me, this one was great because I never played it as a kid. I knew it existed, mm -hmm. but I never rented it or bought it because the movies terrified me as a kid. <laughs> this is why I never bothered playing the game. I didn't realize that the game is obviously not terrifying. It's, it's G-rated except for the ending, I guess. But when I first played it, and just on my own, just I think it was in a Big 20 event one year and just trying it out and playing it I didn't realize it would even have an ending I thought it was a game like balloon fight or something a game where it just would loop infinitely and your goal is to get score I didn't realize it actually had an actual ending it wasn't until I saw somebody <laughs> speed running it in a couple minutes <laughs> I realized that there was even an ending sequence and uh, I guess like your brother when I finally got to Jaws the shark scene I could never nail that timing to impale it on my boat and it drove me freaking nuts because if you didn't do it you have to start all over again but uh, after watching the ending, it's not good. You're right. But, I mean, at least you see the shark sink to the bottom of the screen. 
Then you see that cool animating, you know, helicopter flying off the sunset. I, it's an ending. I, I'd yeah. argue it's probably better than the ending that Mary Brothers One has. No, no, you can. Um... <laughs> no, <laughs> there's no, no animation no. in Mary Brothers One. You just it's just some static text and the princess. Yes, but you get to see the princess. Like I guess you get to see Jaws die, but you get to read about what happens to him. Uh, she cracks a joke. You know, the princess who you died multiple times. Trying to save her makes a joke, uh, and I think that's wonderful. I I, I don't know. I, I the thing is, I don't want to discredit what you're saying because I have some sort of beef with how this ended. But I think, and again, I'm I'm therapizing here. I think some part of me wanted to be able to win and then approach my brother uh, and say, "Yo, bro, I I did this thing you could never do, sharing this victory with me for all the times you beat a game for me." I've avenged you, but I, I never even, I don't think to this day he knows that I've beaten it <laughs> because well, I don't think he him. watches my show anyways, yeah. but because what's he going to do? He's going to be like, oh my God, great. What was the ending? <laughs> and then he is going to be just as let down. And if my brother's going to be let down, <laughs> let him beat the game on his own. Then he can just be in the same <laughs> shit pool with me. I don't want to be like, I avenged you. And he's like, great. What do we got for it? And I'm like, oh, fucking the end helicopter into the sunset. Kind of. Worst it, game of all time, ending-wise. Yeah. I can see it. Like decades of, of not being in a game, and then when you finally actually overcome it, and it just, eh, that, that's it? Yeah, I can, I can see it. Like, for me, I never had a history. So for me, it's it's yeah. okay. But yeah, I can totally so, see the hatreds there. Did you ever see The Princess Bride? Yeah, of course. Inigo Montoya going after the, the guy, and he's like, you killed my father, prepare to die. Imagine if, because that was his lifelong quest. Imagine if he meets that guy and he's like, oh, hey, look, I know what you're talking about. Um, there's another guy who was holding my family captive and I had to do that. I, I didn't want to do that. I'm not a bad guy. You know, I I, I root for the Red Sox. Everything's good. I'm, I'm chill. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, and then Inigo Montoya would be like, well, where's this other guy? Let's go get him together. And then the guy who killed his dad was like, oh, man, actually, like he got... He got hit by a car. He's dead. So we can't really do anything. All this was for nothing. <laughs> That's what that would feel like, right? Lifelong mission. No reward. Nothing else you can go and do. There's no second loop. At least you got a second loop. Something nope. to push you even harder. No. Fuck no. No, we got the end. Bye. If the Princess Bride ended with Andre the Giant hopping aboard a helicopter and driving off in the sunset or flying off in the sunset, that'd be okay. If they had done that to Jaws, then Jaws would probably be on one of my best endings. Because why Why is Andre the Giant there? Was he Jaws the whole time? I don't know, but that's fine. He gets a pass, Andre the Giant. Yeah. But uh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm Again, metaphors for the order of the day. Yeah. And uh, I just, that's the thing is like, okay, pack up, go home. Not a, It was a non-deal. It was not a big deal at all. <laughs> no, it's a good All pick. I got right. out of that. <laughs> The ending to Jaws is the equivalent of a disappointed Mandy Pati- Mandy Pati- uh Mandy Patinkin. I can say his name, I swear. Did you Okay. And I gotta I gotta give a shout out and show some love to Mandy Patinkin. I don't know if you're listening, Mandy. Um, but the trivia there is his 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 performance in that scene was so compelling because uh during the shooting of the film or right before the shooting of that film, he had lost his father in real life to cancer. So oh, he was geez. viewing yeah, no, he was viewing, you know, the, the person responsible for killing his dad as he was approaching like this cancer uh, death from his father. And, and that's why he was so 
compelling and he was able to use that for such a, a riveting moment in an otherwise uh silly film anyway uh, shout out to mandy patinkin because <laughs> damn dude that no that's that you look at that scene and you're like fuck it that's a, that's acting that is wonderful that's you know it's brilliant notable listener to press b mandy patinkin you're a fantastic actor right. thanks you for listening yeah thank you and if he doesn't if somebody would tag him in like a tweet or some shit that would be great <laughs> yeah it's my instagram would you? yeah again i'm trying to plug all of our social medias as well yeah so shout out in Discord and let us know. Don't worry. Don't worry. Right. Yeah, let us know in Discord. <laughs> right. Get it, let us know your favorite role that Manny Patenkin played. <laughs> and we'll know oh, you God. got this far in the episode. Right. That's engagement right there. That's how you do it. So should we switch over to, let's do uh, best endings now, if you don't mind. What, what was super rewarding for you guys? Uh, we'll stick in the same order. We'll go Werewolf, Jake, and then myself. And then we'll, we'll go to... Um, Notable mentions after that. So, Werewolf, what do you think was the best video game ending of all time? Uh, okay, so for me, one of the most satisfying, probably the most satisfying video gaming ending I've ever seen is Silent Hill Shattered Memories. This is the one that was sort of a re refresh on the original Silent Hill. It was on PS2 and Wii. I played the Wii version. But you're, you're playing as Harry Mason looking for his daughter. Um, it's a, it's a bit more of a modern experience than, uh, Silent Hill one, because you have a cell phone and various other things. It's more technologically up to date for 2009 than what, 1998, I want to say the first one was. Right. And I played through this game with friends watching. This was a let's play in my room before let's plays were really a huge thing online. Um, streaming was certainly not a thing at the time, but I had two friends. They were like, dude, you got to play this. And they hung out and watched me play through the entire game and beat it because they wanted to see. There are little differences in the endings that depending on how you play the game, what you look at, what you interact with, what you find, what you don't find, um, how much time you spend interacting with certain elements of the game it sort of psychoanalyzes you. But on top of that, there's also the ending where at the t you're going through the game and it keeps cutting at, at major points in the story to a therapist's office and you're in a therapy session. And oh. these therapy sessions go back and affect the game. So it's, it's back and forth. What you do in the game affects the therapy sessions, the therapy sessions affect the game and so forth. It's all it's really dope. cool. But you're left to assume the whole game that you're playing is Harry the whole time. It's very innocuous during the therapy sessions. They don't reveal things until the tail end of the game. You mm. find out that you were playing that in the therapy sessions is Harry's daughter. And so mm. the first ending I got was the one where she chooses to stay insane. Because the whole game, she's wrestling with this idea of who her father was. She idolizes him. She doesn't really remember who he was. She was like five years old, uh, seven years old when he died, something like that. He died in a car accident, drunk driving. So uh. ultimately, the ending to Silent Hill Shattered Memories is Harry was a shitty person, a drunk, a terrible father, a terrible husband 
womanizer, all these things. And just because she was a little seven-year-old girl who loved her dad, she's got this very different image of him. So the first ending I got was the one where she chooses to stay insane and latch on to this and sort of fall deeper into her imaginary imaginary world of um, living with her father within her conscience and hating her mother. That's a total mindfuck. (laughs) Right? It really is. Yeah. And so I was like, well, now I got this ending, but I know there's multiple endings. I want to try and get the good ending. So I went back and played again that same night. So I beat this game twice in one friggin' night. We're talking, I started it at probably like 7 or 8 p.m., beat it once, and then beat it the second time probably around 6 a.m. Huh. <laughs> so I went through it pretty quick. But the second ending, I actually did manage to get, I think, the good ending in which she lets go of her father. She realizes that what she's holding on to is just made up by her childhood memories that she's perceiving incorrectly. And she lets him go and moves on with life. And then you see her, I think she goes out and meets her mother out in front of the the therapist and goes home with her. So she makes up with her mother in that ending. And it, it was, it was satisfying is really cool to see these, these differences and then, of course, there's the ever-present goofball ending in Silent Hill. And this one is sort of like a play on the greatest hits, where instead of being the 3D animated session and all that, like everything else, it's it's hand drawings in an animatic format. So it's it's not well animated. It's like jump from one movement to the next and so forth. Right. But... Uh, You've got the the therapist going on to Cheryl about these things, and then uh, James from Silent Hill Two shows up, and he's the therapist is like wrong day wrong day James I'm with another patient, and he's like I'm sorry I got the wrong day again and leaves, and he goes he goes I'm sorry that's just another patient patient of mine he's got uh, marital problems. Come to think of it, I haven't seen his wife in a while. <laughs> they do wow. very tongue-in-cheek things yeah. and then immediately um they cut back to cheryl on the couch and she's a shiba inu so it's sort of that <laughs> dog ufo ending from silent hill one and she calls her mom a bitch and that's where it ends so <laughs> <What>? <laughs> these endings are very satisfying each one of them wow <laughs> that's bizarre that first ending that you mentioned that sounds totally like that's that'd keep me up at night that would but yeah the second one sounds really awesome that sounds you know now i kind of want to play this game (laughs) i never really got into the series but i couldn't play silent hill 2 not because it's not a good game but because of the grainy effect that they use it bothers my eyes and so i couldn't stare at that it bugged the shit out of me and i couldn't play it so i have not experienced silent hill 2 purely because of that and of course if you beat the game an option that's opened up for you is to turn off the white noise on the visual imaging. Hmm. That's a weird end game reward. <laughs> right. Given that it's not something, it's not an out of the box option. I couldn't play it. Yeah. Hmm. So let me, I think it's great that they added the, the silent or the silent hill, the um, other universe 
referencing the, the the goofy ending, but let's let's look at Resident Evil real quick. If this had been the ending to a Resident Evil game, um, if you're playing as you know Chris Redfield or whatever his name is, and then let's say his daughter, you know, is the one in therapy. How upset would you be if you found out that this guy spent his life killing zombies and taking down Umbrella Corp just to get hit by a car? <laughs> Pretty satisfying. Like it, well, no, that's what I'm saying, though. Is if this wasn't Silent Hill, I think this is one of the things, in my opinion, that makes it such a great ending is it is classic Silent Hill with the way that they relate things in Silent Hill to, you know, psychosis or, you know, even almost karmic incidences. I don't think you could have got away with that type of ending in another series, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and the game does it really well. You get glimpses of home movies from the Mason family when Cheryl was a little girl where, you know, you see her having a great time saying she loves her dad. They're taking photos, doing silly things together, playing, having a wonderful time. But these clips are all like 10 to 20 seconds. And then... After you beat the game and you see, you get to see other clips of how Harry actually was. And you get to see him recording himself about to sleep with two other women who are not his wife. You get to see him trashed at the amusement park with his daughter, telling her to go get him another beer. What good is having children if they can't do that? Like it really nails how shitty of a parent he was when you go the route that unveils it for you. And it's, it's just so bizarre. They start you thinking that you're playing as this man who's lost his daughter and he's just trying to find her to finding out that you're just playing a figment of his daughter's imagination and how far off base she is. Yeah. It's, it really is a true mind fuck of an ending and I love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a wild ending. Uh, that also speaks to the idea of how parents or sorry, how children view their parents. You know, it's one thing I've heard before and it's definitely how I look at my kids is I try to be the dude that my kids think that I am. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I mean, fuck if that's, that's how her dad was in real life. And then she ends up explaining it away in her, her psyche, you know, uh, to be that guy. I, I don't know. That's, that is dark. That is not a, it's redeeming, but not satisfying spiritually, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm heartbroken. I don't <laughs> want to play it. <laughs> I recommend it, especially if you could play it with somebody who's who doesn't know the story, so you can sort of hear their reaction and see them respond to everything since you kind of just had everything ruined. That's great, though. It's wonderful. Jake, let's uh, let's let's turn over to you now. I, Dab in my eyes here. Um, <laughs> what is the, the greatest video game ender for you? One of us had to pick this one, I think. I think it was important that we talk about this one as one of the best endings, I think, of all time. Certainly, I think, one of the best ones in the SNES, at the very least. And that's Final Fantasy VI, which is... Yeah. I mean, anybody who's an RPG fan, story is always an important element of these games. At least, I hope so. And uh, But the problem with a lot of games is the ending is usually quite short, Maybe not satisfying. Maybe there's loose plot threads. You know, it's very easy to be disappointed in an RPG ending. And the cast of characters in Final Fantasy VI is huge. There's like so many characters in that game. So I don't think as a kid I ever expected it to end that great. But they do an amazing job, right? The When you take down Kefka and is the whole boss fight, the whole sequence is amazing. But 
when that happens, you have to escape the island. And there's these little, what they call, vignettes? 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 Vignettes. Vignettes, vignettes yeah. I'm not French. <laughs> but, but each of them, you know, highlighting some dialogue between that character and, and one of their friends in the, in the cast. And it's all, you know, it's in a sepia tone. It's just classy. The music, the theme each character has played one last time. It's just fantastic. Yeah. Between each of those vignettes, there's like a... You're moving across, I guess, a table of, of artifacts, and they all relate to the character in some way. Like, uh, I'm trying to think now, like, there's like a wine glass with a pendant. I think that's for Terra and all that kind of stuff. And it's just really, just sublime, right? It's it's a 20-minute sequence. It's not short either, right? And it's, it's like from from the escaping the island, these vignettes and the, and the, the credits of the character is being popped up on the screen. And then you still have a sequence where... They're escaping on the airship and whatnot. So, like from start to finish, twenty minutes. It's it's pretty. It's hard to describe. It's it's a very satisfying just way to end such an epic game, right? You spent sixty hours in this game, and there's just no disappointment. I think for me in that game, as long as you got all the characters, because if you, I think if you don't get all the characters, or if you don't get a character, they don't show up in the ending, which makes right. sense, right? Right. Yeah. Like so the you Mass don't Effect get their thing. interactions, and I think. I think a couple of the interactions get shuffled around to some other character if you're missing a right. character. Um, but there's a great deal of interactions there that just go missing and are left out, the, left out that you don't get to see if you don't have all the characters. Right. Mm. Like the, the one Which I thought was super cool. Yeah. The one that sticks out to me is Shadow, right? Which I, I was, he's one of my favorite characters, even if he doesn't have any lines in Final Fantasy VI. But the ending, right? When they're escaping, he's basically telling the dog to go away and he, he basically stays behind to die. And just you hear that theme and it's one of the most iconic themes in, in gaming for me is his theme and it's just fantastic. Right. Well, and he ends up being Realm's father if I remember the uh, the subtlety of the game correctly. Yeah, because you got those flashbacks if you slept in an inn mm -hmm. with him in your party, I think, occasionally, right? I think one of them mentions that, I think. Right, well, and I think it also has to do with his dog, Interceptor, and how Interceptor uh, warms up to Realm as quickly right. as he does, and th things like that. But yeah, there's there's different references kind of alluding to that, where if you pick up on it, great. If not, you know, no. But uh, I, I, yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. This was definitely one that was on my radar for, you know, what to pick for the best. Um, the most recent time, you know, I've said this before, I... I got done doing the final fantasy marathon of one through seven at the back end of 2020 and of all the ones i gotta say this is like it's not even close this is the best one you know um i think typically with rpgs you see what inevitably happens to the characters in the future after you save the day but yeah this one picks up the moment you beat kefka yeah and it's it's not like escape the island before it blows up it's just Okay, we said we did it. I guess we'll have to go home now, you know. And then you yeah. realize, yeah, you just saved the world, it's... and now all these characters that you love, these fourteen or fifteen rap scallions, are gonna, for the most part, go their own way. Yeah, it's interesting. It's all just a very casual leaving Kefka's tower and discussing experiences they had, and then that's it. I think so yeah. let me just say i've not beaten this game i watched the ending once because i've tried to beat this game about six times and i can never beat kefka oh really 
Yeah. Oh, this game is so or worth. Hook. Let's let's not yeah. shame anybody here, Jake. <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying. But this is one you, you. This one, I feel like you have to you have to put in the bucket list and finish. Yeah, I I, I still intend to for sure. It's just I feel bad that it, this is one I haven't beaten. Yeah. No, oh, don't feel bad. Did you watch when Pulse did his playthrough of this? Pulse 109. Um, I saw he, some of it. Yeah, when he beat it. I got like emotional, like I wasn't bawling or anything, but I definitely had that lump in my throat. Like, I, you know, I've beat it so many times and I, I know how I play the game and how I internalize it. But getting to watch him do his playthrough was such an enlightening experience into just the world of how other people handle RPGs. And then seeing that ending, because it's always the same ending, unless you don't get all the characters, uh, in which case it's retooled to fit the characters you do have, like you've said. Uh, but to, to experience it from watching somebody else beat it was a way that I had not done it before and was was taken aback by how profoundly different feeling the emotions were. I mean, they were still similar because it's still the same game. The music is the same, etc. But I, it's, it's like I saw a different side of the characters because I'd watched somebody else play and interpret them as they were doing it. So I, it's it's such a great game. It approaches perfection. Uh, of course, it's it's not quite there, but it is... It is close. Um, and then, of course, I, I had said this earlier. I'm sure some people are rolling their eyes or yelling at me for saying that most games show what happened to your characters in the future, whereas this one picks up right after. Final Fantasy VII picks up right after, but it's also like a chase with a high wind getting out of the crater and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of action. This doesn't have any action because you just did all the action. What are you going to do to top that? Yeah, you already so, won. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to make sure people know, yes, I have beaten seven. I've seen the ending. But this is what I'm talking about, and it was it was perfect. And yeah, the choo- the choice to make it like sepia toned, the brown and whites uh, were it was chef's kiss. It was wonderful, you know. It's a stylistic choice I, I did not expect on, on the Super Nintendo, right? That's a cinematic type of thing, and to see that on on a console like the 16 bit console, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, hundred percent. It was it was artistic, but not for the sake of being like artistic. It was just this is how it should be. And it kind of shows a finality to it, which is great. I love it. Yeah, there's not a lot of older games that we saw do that sort of thing. And the only other example I can really think of that did it at the time was uh, Secret of Evermore, which was another Squaresoft game. It uh, it made use of the black and white instead of you know just sepia, but. It, it still did that sort of thing to show flashbacks of the past and give you some insight of what went down. I, I think you even get some flashbacks of the past after you beat it because I think the characters go back to their own times, if I recall. It's been a long time since I played it, but I don't know. It's something Squaresoft really nailed the 16-bit ending, it seems. Yeah, they, they right. definitely had... The cinematic chops, I think, for how ending a story should go. I think that's probably, if you're okay with it, a wonderful segue into my best ender of all time. Is that okay? Let's yeah. hear it. So, I again, I've got to put up a little bit of a, you know, caveat or asterisk here. Uh, the game is is Chrono Trigger, but I have to say, I have not seen every ending of Chrono Trigger. I've just seen two. Having only played it once, I you know died during the final fight, and that's its own ending. And then I beat the game, and I saw you know, my ending. Um, there's a bunch of different endings, and I have not researched them. I have not gone online to watch them. 
because this game, uh, I, I don't want it spoiled. So you're probably saying, if you haven't seen all the endings, how do you know? Because I didn't even get the best ending. I just got an ending, probably a lower one, because it was a, a first playthrough for me, and uh, I didn't know at all what I was doing, so I'm sure I didn't get all the stuff. So that said, the reason I, I consider this the greatest ending of all time in a video game is I grew up playing Final Fantasies with the RPGs, and those were all very, okay, the game is done, here's the ending, well done. And they were, as we said with Final Fantasy VI, satisfying. Four was that way, five was that way, seven, all of them I, I enjoy because you invest so much time. You don't just want a helicopter flying off into the sunset. Uh, sorry, I'm still not over it. <laughs> <laughs> but with Chrono Trigger, I played it for the first time in my late 30s and beat it. And I was so captivated by the story, by the characters, in a way that transported me back to when I was a kid. But I understood this game as an adult, which was a completely new experience for me. Um, you know, in doing the Final Fantasy Marathon, there were RPGs in that era that I had not beaten, Final Fantasy V, that I finally got to see the ending of, and that was great, but that's all it was. With Chrono Trigger, there is a whole other level of appreciation for what went into the game, not just the multiple story threads, not just... Well, if, you, if you've played Chrono Trigger, you know the very well various ways that you can customize it and beat it, and the various things you can do. I still don't know the exact depth of that ocean. And for beating it, I was emotional and I was thrilled. I was sad that the game was over. I was not ready to leave that world. And uh, I, I am very excited to go back and try for different endings uh, to the point that I don't want to spoil it. Now, I would like to reference my previous comments about whenever a show comes out, I can't do cliffhangers. I have to go and I have to watch them all <laughs> so I can know all the things. That should tell you how I feel about Chrono Trigger. Because even though I know there's a lot of more, a lot of other information and a lot more endings, I don't want to spoil that. I want to go through and I want to savor it and I want to earn every one of them. And for my personality type, that is rare. Thank you. What ending did you end up getting? Probably the ending one, which is the one where you actually kill Lavos. Okay, yeah, basically that's it. So the first time I fought Lavos, I died and there was kind of like a game over ending, which... <laughs> Somebody had said, well, technically you've beaten the game now because it shows you that game over. Yeah. And then I went through and, and <laughs> the I future did it. Refused uh, to which, which, Right. So I, I, I guess the ending I got is still considered like one of the lower rungs or one of the worst endings. But yeah, it was, it was your basic vanilla uh, congratulations, you beat the guy kind of things. Yeah, I'm trying to spoil for you, but how many phases were there in your boss fight? Oh, fuck me, man. I want to say three. Okay. Yeah, because I, I think there's one where there's only two, I want to say. It's been okay. it's been a while since I've beaten it, but uh, I haven't gotten all the endings, although I have watched them over the years. But as a kid, I got mm -hmm. through several of them. And you, yeah, you're not wrong. Like, the, those... The, like, it, it's not it's not sepia tone. <laughs> right. But the conclusion of the story and the characters all going back to their time periods is just is really great. Yeah. Well, and then there's the um, the open-endedness of it with with the Final Fantasies, the sepia tones. Again, I feel like that was an artistic choice to give you some closure and show that it is the ending. It's the, the closing of the book, right? It's the back cover. This is still that, except 
there's other shit to go do. There's other things to unlock and go see. And um, the only shame with any of it is that I haven't taken the time to go and do it again. So I imagine I'll be streaming that before long as I return to streaming. But I, you know, that was January 1st of 2020 was when I, when I first started that playthrough. And uh, I haven't played it since. So it's been 16, 17 months. Wow. And uh, yeah, there's times where I've thought about it saying, oh, I don't know when I'll play it again. I'm going to go look up the endings. Uh, but no, I've, I've, the moment I have that thought, it's not that I have to suppress that feeling. It's just I don't even have the desire to, to, to watch those. I just, I'll get there on my own. And I love that game for giving me that feeling because it is a rare thing where I am accepting of, of that sort of idea. So greatest ending in my, my experience. Again, full disclosure, I got one of the worst endings and I don't know the other endings, but because of that, it wins in my opinion. Yeah, this one had a lot of well-thought-out endings. And again, I don't want to spoil any either. I've seen six or seven of them myself. How many are there total? Uh, Should I ask that? I'll ask that. That's fine. So there's 12 in the Super Nintendo version. In subsequent versions like uh, DS, mobile, and PC, there's a Mm -hmm. 13th ending. Oh, I didn't know that. Damn. Otherwise, there's 12 (laughs) endings. See, it's the gift that keeps on giving, Jay. Yeah. yeah, that's great. And I, um, I, I'm at peace completely with the fact that I only can identify two of them. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> it, again, end time, and I feel like that is a game that will probably stick with me for a long time. Not just because I've beat it and want to play it again, but because there's still more to do. And uh, it's rare where you find a game that gives you that kind of. You know, now nowadays, you know, there's a lot of games in the newer systems that will have multiple endings. I mean, hell, we've already talked about a couple of them here, and the honorable mentions will have others. But uh, to have have that back in the 16-bit version, um, it, it wasn't a, it was more unique, especially you know if you're me, who has just always had the singular ending whenever you play a, a game or an RPG. So it was refreshing as an adult. I think it would have blown my mind as a kid. But I am grateful that I waited until I was, you know, 36, 37 years old to beat it for the first time. So I, I got to say, so the, a feature that some games will do even nowadays is the idea of New Game Plus, right? Where you can start over again right, right. with all your gear items and experience levels and stuff. I usually don't care for that, but Chrono Trigger is the only one where I make an exception where I actually love it. And that's because of the whole time travel story. I'm not going to give away anything, but because of the time travel story and the new game plus, you're able to basically finish the game faster in different ways, right? So it takes into account the whole time travel aspect of it, and that is a incredibly clever. And I yeah. play I mean there's other time travel based games, I'm sure. I I can't recall any offhand, but but when you have a story based on time travel and the concept of going to Lavos in different time periods is awesome. And they could have easily taken the the easy way or the the cheap route and just have one ending for everything, but they totally don't, and and it's captured in the endings. And some of the endings are are more for humor or fluff, and then some of them are are a little bit of a dive into some of the characters you like. So it's it's really well done, uh, and like combined with like great character design, fantastic music, those character themes, and it's also not a short ending. It's also <laughs> Square Man back then. 
I remember yeah. playing Chrono for the first time, beating it, and then I had to go to the bathroom. But I had to wait, I swear, 20 minutes <laughs> before it was all said and done. And just from start <laughs> to the end of the credits, the whole flying, sweeping scene of the credits is just so well done. And it's very sublime. It's really great. Yeah, I think sublime is a, a wonderful word for that as well. So. Yeah. That's cool. That's, ah, God, I love talking. I'm glad that we did the bad games first. So I would hate to go from this feeling, this almost nearly euphoric feeling of recalling and end on Jaws, and then thinking about fucking Jaws, man. Helicopter in the sunset. Chef kiss. So, yeah. Should we um, should we discuss honorable? Did you guys have any honorable mentions or? or I got one alternate takes. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about it. Uh, So I was going to pick. I was when I was trying to figure out what is the uh, the worst endings. Oh shit. You guys go. I forgot my I forgot my best ending. I was going to pick. Okay. Shit. <laughs> we just got done doing lists of top five and bottom five, so it's good to just kind of have a clear cut number one with these things. So yeah. it's good. Um, the the one and the reason that it's it's my alternate or honorable mention is because it is undeniably horrible. The ending, but. I almost think that it's so horrible, it's great. And this game, of course, Twisted Metal for the PlayStation 1. So Twisted Metal is a game we've discussed before, but we haven't done a full-fledged episode over it. But it comes up frequently because it's a cool series. You are one of any number of tortured souls piloting, or in some cases haunting, a vehicle. uh, That then gets released into the world as like this uh, battle royale cars with missiles sort of thing it's kind of a hard premise but the game is awesome the idea is great the soundtrack is historically you know wonderful stealing uh tracks from rob zombie and uh you know various heavy metal acts of the day but for the playstation one whenever you beat the game and again this game has multiple endings depending on the character that you choose much like any fighting game uh which deep down that's what it is is a fighting game the ending is, for some of the characters, a cinematic... God, how do I say it? All the writing and acting of a porn, <laughs> but without the awesomeness of nudity that typically you would find in porn. Does that make sense? How do you describe something like this? Um, well, it's very B-movie. Like, think the opening right. well, of... Maybe even C-movie. Yeah, movie. think the... Opening of Resident Evil 1 for the PlayStation, the live action shots, mm-hmm. but bring it down another notch. <laughs> right. So I, either they couldn't afford or they didn't have the time to create the, the video game version of these endings. It's all done with like a 1990s or late 80s handheld camcorder. But the difference between Resident Evil's filming and Twisted Metal's filming is that Resident Evil was trying on purpose to be super cheesy and Twisted Metal Ooh. seems like it was actually trying, but they had a super small budget. Yes, it, it's almost like... God, okay, so there's there's kind of a, a, a thread through all of them where the winner of the the game gets to approach this character, I think, named yes. Calypso. Yes, it is, is Calypso. Right? Who is a character missing his face. But what they did was they put him in this wig that looks reminiscent of <laughs> yeah. Carrot Top, the, the prop comic, 
with jam on his face. Like it looked like he got just jelly or something smeared all over his face. And that's it. And then there's typically dudes with like Uzis, no t-shirt, baggy jeans tucked into um, high lace-up boots. And then there's a bunch of women uh, very scantily clad around like this throne. And for some reason, there's a lot of smoke. So then every character shows up or I, I don't think they filmed endings for every single character, but the ones that are there, uh, it, it's just, it's, it's horrible. I, really, I think the budget for this, if you, if they already had the camera at, at their mom's house, the budget for this had to be like 105 bucks, 1990s. So those live action endings weren't even in the game, the final game. Yeah. Right. Okay, so tell yeah, them that so story. that's the thing, because when you mentioned Twisted Metal, me and Wolf before the podcast recording, we were looking it up. And we were watching these hilariously bad. I love them, but they're totally awful Mm -hmm. B-movie things. And then the YouTube video also had a wall of text ending afterwards retelling the the live action thing or so I thought. But then when I wikied it, it's, uh, I guess, at the time, the the name was called High Octane, not Twisted Metal. And I guess because of the, the sex appeal and maybe just the corniness of it, all the endings they filmed for each character, they axed from the final game. And instead, all you got was a Star Wars crawl of text. That, That's it. <laughs> so I'm not sure which is worse. The fact that you could have had a really terrible budget B-movie ending, or that instead they gave you a wall of text, which is also bad. <laughs> right. Well, but again, a wall of text is not unheard of when it comes to like fighting games. Mortal yeah. Kombat 2, a very great game. I, I think Jake would agree with me. Uh, <laughs> that's just what it was. It was a, a picture of your character and then yeah. some words. But if the original game ending is so bad that they can't put it in the game, it's it can't officially be the worst, but it's also kind of the worst thing, right? I, I guess. I kind of <laughs> wish they had these endings in the final game, though. You know, they are absolutely terrible, but... Watch the one with Sweet Tooth, the clown, and the full the full makeup and, and whatnot. It's so bad, but this this would have felt more like a cult classic game nowadays if they kept them in there. Knowing that yeah. people playing this originally yeah. only got a wall of text as their ending. Because, like, Wolf, you are saying before we were recording that this is kind of like Mortal Kombat in terms of the lore, although not as good, I guess, a, a, a step down. Yeah, it's the... The the world building and storytelling that they did with these endings and with Twisted Metal in general, at least with the first game, feels very Mortal Kombat 1, but with vehicles and guns, you know? Yeah. Sure. And like I'm stepping through the wiki, I was reading some of the character backstories and stuff. I didn't realize that there was this much story in these games. Oh, I'm actually kind of interested. There's so much lore. Yeah. Like a the demon manuals, in a tank and the daughter of Calypso like. and then the, the cow driver at the end of the first game, I think, becomes a sweet tooth driver later on, I think. If I'm reading this right. It's wild. There's a lot of there's a lot of story in this. And I kind of wish I played these. The old man, I think, was actually Sweet yeah. Tooth's yeah. father, yeah. right? Kane or something. Yeah. But that's that's the thing. I think the reason it's good that they didn't include them in the game is if they had, I don't know that we would have had a Twisted Metal 2. That's that's true. It right. it might have killed the chances of a Twisted Metal two because it it definitely drastically inflates the cheesiness factor and low budget factor of the game. Potentially making to the point it that you almost feel less, like they're they're making fun of the player. Yeah, so it would have potentially sold less copies because of that. 
I mean, it could have also sold more because of that, because the 90s were a weird time. Yeah. <laughs> In terms of... Yeah, but it, it doesn't it doesn't feel like it was done ironically. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like maybe before they got the green light to make the game, the dudes were like, well, let's go ahead and film the endings with, you know, this camcorder, because that's what we used to call them. And then if we get the green light, we'll just put these in in the back of the game as the as the winners. So I, I I don't know. It's it's so bad it's almost good, but also it's just really bad and it's hard to watch. I tried to to show them to my wife and and it was just kind of like how you know how best to describe this. <laughs> it's it's horrible. So were you able yes. to get what you needed, yeah. Jake, for your Thank you. I completely forgot mention? about okay. it. But uh, anyways, when I, was, when I was researching for this episode, uh, I, I was always looking at other you know media outlets of top 10 endings and top five worst game lists and all this kind of stuff. Anyway, IGN did a, a top 15 list of bad endings a while ago. And uh, they put, which one is it? The, the new Super Mario Brothers Wii as one of their worst endings. That's the multiplayer uh, Mario game, which is a classic. It's fantastic. But uh, so they put it down basically the ending sequence. Dude is playing with a friend, Mario and Luigi, and the Mario player ends up losing all his lives on the last stage, and he's out. So it's just Luigi. It's up to Luigi to finish this. And he manages to beat Bowser with only Luigi. And then it goes to the ending sequence. Suddenly Mario's there with Luigi. Princess Peach comes out. In comes a hot air balloon. Mario and Peach get in the balloon and Luigi fly away. Luigi brings the hot air balloon down from the okay. castle. Right. While Mario and Peach walk out of the castle. Right. Luigi opens the the basket for Peach and Mario, and then he goes to lean on the basket, and they've already left him, and he falls to the ground. So IGN says that's the one of the worst endings. I say it's one of the best endings I've ever fucking seen. And it's fantastic because Luigi's an asshole and he deserves it. And he should not be the one who leaves with Princess Peach. That's not his place. He's the lesser Mario brother. So I think it's one of the best endings ever. Why are you you saying that Luigi is an asshole? I I want to explore something here. Why is Luigi an asshole? Maybe I got a thing against psychics. I don't know. But I I think Luigi has always been a terrible second-rate character in every game. In every Mario game. Nobody likes Luigi physics. Nobody likes the way he bicycle kicks in the air like he's some knockoff Liu Kang. Nobody likes Luigi. He's tall and gangly and ugly. He's just... He's like Tails. It's like saying Tails should get the the princess. Tails gets nothing. He's a murderous, rampaging psychopath. Luigi's one step below that. I think he's just a terrible character. So I'm glad he didn't... My 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 son's favorite <laughs> video game is Luigi's Mansion Three, and he can beat it, and he loves everything Luigi. And I hope that he never hears this from Uncle Jake. <laughs> and uh, you know, there's a real eye opener here, man. I um. When he beats Luigi Luigi's Mansion, does Mario come out and save the day? Hogs all the glory. Yeah. Good. No, no. Actually, Luigi's uh, Mansion Three has a very satisfying ending that teaches teamwork and not holding grudges. But that's a whole other. Maybe I should play this game. Um, I don't have any animus toward toward Luigi. Yeah. But hearing that, because I did not know about that, he sounds like the perpetually friend zoned John Hughes yes. character. 
he just saved the day went ahead and you know brought the ride around for the uh, the jock and the 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 prom queen and went to lean on the limo and the limo had pulled away poor ducky <laughs> poor ducky <laughs> So, out of curiosity, with IGN's uh, list of horrible endings, were any of the games we've mentioned today good or bad uh, on there? Halo that... 2 is on there, actually, yeah. So, they, they agree with their I, report. I was having trouble thinking of a bad ending that I just felt so mad about. And so, the wife went and I was talking to her about that. And she went and did a search online and came across that article. Yeah. So, she was going over them. And I was like, ah, okay, ah, okay. And she got the Halo 2. And before she said anything beyond that, my <laughs> brain went, ding, 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 that's the one. <laughs> All of a sudden, I was brought back to 2004, and it was, <laughs> I was angry all over again. I was like, that's the one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I and I, I said this kind of at the top of the episode, but I feel like a big part of the reason we have these, on both the good and the bad list, is because I think, for the most part, video game developers care enough for their audience to want them to enjoy the ending, and, and for the most part, they can nail it. But I think what makes something great, like over-the-top, perfect, or horrible, uh, dick-punchy quality is is our stories that go with it. And uh, with the exception of Halo 2, which you've nailed, yeah, I, th- I think that's accurate. Whether or not you come away from something happy or sad kind of depends on your interpretation of the adventure of the game in your real life as you approach the ending. Boom. Mic I just drop. think it's funny that Jake thinks Luigi is an asshole because there's a there, there's an argument for that being true, but there's an also there's also <laughs> an argument for Mario being the asshole. And right. <laughs> it's it's interesting. I that might be a therapizing episode, Jake. I would like to get you on the couch and discuss so many things about your your your, your your discussion, your thesis on on Luigi. You know that game too is a uh, that's a couples couples therapy playing some new Mario Brothers with a with a wife or girlfriend or friends, and just especially when you're playing with two three players, it's a game where if one person mm-hmm. wants to go fast and one person wants to get all the coins, or when you realize one player realizes they can pick up the other players and throw them into holes, it's a uh, yeah. It's a game that causes divorce. <laughs> and I can't blame Toad, who's playable in that. I can, the only face is Mary and Luigi. Would you say that Luigi ruined some marriages? Like, I'm I'm not tracking the hate. I feel your <laughs> hatred, but I'm not tracking it. The A to the B to the C is not there for me. So again, maybe at some point in the future, we'll, we'll have this discussion about... Uh, younger brother characters in video games. Yeah, sounds like a plan. Or just or maybe bad just sidekicks. Luigi. I don't know if you hate all younger brothers. I mean, nobody likes Robin. Yeah. Nobody likes Wait, Robin. It's just Tails, Luigi, People Robin. They're Robin. all the same. Nobody likes sidekicks. No, no. First off, you're going to have to specify which Robin. Thank you. Uh, and Tails. What's wrong with Tails? He's completely like. You know what? Another, yeah, Another episode. It. Yeah, I like it. So, again, everybody, thank you for tuning in. Let us know in Discord or any of our social media platforms what you think about our best, worst, and alternate uh, or... Um, honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. I I don't even know if honorable... Dishonorable mentions. Dishonorable mentions. Just mentions. Just mentions. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so I tell you what, while we wrap up, uh, Werewolf, let me hear from you. Tell everybody where they can find uh, you. You can find me on Twitch and Twitter as W-A-R-E-W-U-L-F-F. Search it on Google. Tell it you meant it. You'll find me. Very cool. And then Mr. Yeah, Sick I'm Jake. Sick Jake. You can find me on Twitch and Twitter. Awesome. And my name is Guy Prime from The Retro Therapy. Also, press me to cancel. You can find me on twitch.tv slash The Retro Therapy or search any of your major social media platforms and uh, look for The Retro Therapy. I should be there. So everybody, again, my deepest thanks uh, for your, your time. Thank you for downloading the podcast. And of course, if you're not already subscribing to our Patreon, I would invite you to do that. We have some very awesome, fun, long, uh, but very insightful and in-depth uh, movies that we've discussed while watching the movies on Patreon, and our subscribers can access those. We'll have more content coming up in the upcoming weeks and months, of course, but uh, if you haven't heard or watched those, go back and do it. It's, it's, a, it's a barrel of laughs, guaranteed. I can't guarantee that, but if you, yeah, if you like what you just heard for the past hour and 30 minutes, you're going to like this shit, so quit adding me, okay? Maybe I'll cut that part out. I love you guys. Congratulations. Until next time, everybody. <laughs> this has been Press Beat Again. story is happy end. Thank you. <laughs> Congratulations or whatever. Special thanks to Arthur the Ancient on SoundCloud for our podcast theme. Listen to more episodes on our website, pressbeatacancel.com. As well, feel free to like or subscribe at Apple and Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or anywhere else you like to listen to your favorite shows. Thank you to our supporters on patreon.com slash pressbeatacancel. Your money helps keep this ball rolling. And as always, thank you to all our listeners. This has been... Cancel. Thank <laughs> you.